Hey guys, I'm Caitlin Adams, and welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you'll hear sermons from Josh Lyle, Colin Grant, and other guest speakers. You can look in the show notes for small group questions and talking points. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Now, let's jump in. Honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Thank you. Thank you, Isabella. Um, 1 Peter 3.15, if you have your Bibles, let's go there. Um, we are going to talk about, we've been talking about habits. And uh, so far we've done a habit of nearness. We've done a habit of uh, the Bible, getting in the Word, a habit of prayer. And tonight we're going to do a habit of evangelism, uh, witness, whatever you want to call it. Um, and how, how many of you guys were invited to this church? Like you were invited to this to this place. Someone invited you to youth group, right? Raise your hand. Yeah, okay, cool, 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 right? You've been invited to this church. How many of you guys have been invited to a church? Not even this church, you've just been invited to church before, right? So when I was growing up, um, VBS was the thing. And so I got invited to VBSs. Uh, my parents were pastors, so I got to invite kids to VBS, and it was way awesome. It was the 90s. We got to do crazy things like bob for apples in a pool and, so, and go fishing with the little fish, right? So we could do things all together, and it was awesome. And so fun was the draw, right? Well, um, everything, everywhere, forever, always, of all time is evangelizing towards something. It's trying to pull you into something. I'll give you an example. Now, this is going to be on the podcast, so everyone will know this. Um, after this. However, up until now, many of you don't know this. Um, I, I grew up in different places, grew up around the world, and in 1994, I was three years old. However, I think one of the top five greatest songs of all time was released uh, from a company called Death Row Records, um, and the artist was Notorious B.I.G. or Biggie Smalls, and um, the song is Big Papa, one of my favorite songs. I run to this song, I listen to this song, and there is a moment where he says, uh, who you attracting with that line? What's your name? What's your sign? I just creep up from behind, right? All these different things. He says, um, and ask you what your interests are. Things that make you smile, what numbers to dial. And the rap world was turned upside down. No one had heard anything like this. No one had really seen someone uh, come from where he came from uh, to now where he was. And then obviously his life was very short. But in listening to Big Papa now being 29 years old, and not being able to get like the 90s kid out of me, I started to realize he's evangelizing to us. He's, he's sharing with us his culture. He's sharing with us who he is, who he wants to be maybe, what he thinks you should be. He's saying, you, sh- you should be looking at women this way. You should be in these areas. You should be at this club. You should be in my crew, right? He's evangelizing to you. Now, uh, looking introspectively, right, why... Does Chris Evans, I think is Chris Evans, I think that's his name. Um, why is he evangelizing to us about these things? Is it just because this is what he knows? Is it because this is what he hopes to be portrayed as for however long? Is this what he hopes his legacy would be, that he gets whoever he wants, he gets to go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants? But he's evangelizing you. He's telling you this is what you should do. This is kind of how you should live, how you should lead your life. 
And while I thought at nine or ten years old, a song that had been out for six years, I was just listening to some cool music, he was evangelizing me. Things that make you smile, what numbers to dial. I, I, I remember these things. Now, the message of Big Papa is awful. It's horrible. Can't even believe that it's going to be on the podcast. But the point remains that even in that space, you're being evangelized to. Public school, private school, whatever. They're evangelizing you. They're telling you this is the way you should do things. We would love for you to do it this way. How many of you guys are doing common core math? You guys have been taught common core math? Is somebody doing that? The middle school is doing it pretty hardcore. Um, and, and so, like, I listened to this guy a few weeks ago. He said, my daughter is bringing home common core math, and you see, like, old math in there. Like, old math wasn't doing anything wrong. It was still getting you the right answer. So he says, common core math is essentially like you come into my house, open up the front door, and be like, hey, can I come in? And it's like, sure, but actually, if you could just go around the back and then come back here and meet me here. Just a longer way to get to the same answer. But there's someone in power, someone in place who said, do it this way. This is the way we should be doing it. You're being evangelized too. So evangelism is not solely uh, kind of pointed to church. It's pointed to your culture. It's pointed to your home. It's point, Come hang out at my house. This is what we have for you. We have a pool. We have whatever. My parents don't do this or whatever. You're, you're evangelizing. You're being evangelized too. However, um, we have to separate what we hear from what we need to discern in evangelism. We will hear everything and anything. We will be subjected. Or you, we live in, 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 a, in a kind of a culture where you have access to excess. We were talking about this a, a few weeks ago in, in, in a meeting. You guys have access to anything in the world you want. You can see any video, listen to any song. I used to have to give my computer a disease to download LimeWire to get songs that were hopefully not in Russian. Just, I mean, I wrecked my HP laptop, and it was worth it. But they, they were evangelizing me. I need to know this song. I need to have this song at my fingertips. And so I, I want to kind of ask three questions. I have them up here. It's the first slide, and then we'll chat just for a second. What makes something worth sharing? That's question number one. What makes something worth sharing? What is the best way to communicate that thing that's worth sharing? And then here's the last question that we'll uh, kind of work through. Do I know the subject well enough to bring authority to the conversation? Do I know the subject well enough to bring authority to it? I'm not going to tell you, hey, guys, I really want you to come to the moon. It's awesome. I've been there. I haven't. I have no authority in that realm. I can't even fit in the spaceship. In order to be an astronaut, you have to be like five foot nine. They max you out there. So I, I have no authority in that area. But I think it's cool. So make sure that you're bringing authority to this area. Um, in my stroke of creative genius, this is as creative as I get, I have some evangelisms, like some things that are said around evangelism, some famous quotes. And some of these you might have heard. Some of these you might not have. Um, however, these are the six, probably the six, uh, maybe top ten of the top ten most famous quotes around evangelism from the faith. Charles Spurgeon, look them up. He says, what you win them with is what you win them to. If I win you with fun, I better keep the fun around or you're going to leave when it's not fun anymore. If I, so a uh, better way to say it is if you have to throw a carnival to get people to show up, you'll have to keep throwing a carnival to keep people showing up. What you win them with is what you win them to. That's fantastic. Um, Albert Moeller says the biggest obstacle to evangelism is Christians who don't share the gospel. How many of you guys come to church, read your Bibles, pray every day, whatever all the Christian songs say, and you don't tell your friends that I'm a Christian? You just expect that they know as if you're living all publicly Christian lives, and we're not. Some of us are really struggling in our faith. 
Some of us are getting blasted because of our faith. Like, it, it's, it's hard. Um, Hudson Taylor, one of my favorite missionaries, says this. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Go and therefore make disciples of all nations. And how will they hear if no one preaches? Right? It's not an option. Um, uh, Oswald Smith says, we talk of the second coming while half of the world has never heard about the first. That's convicting. We talk about turn your life around. Jesus is coming back. And they're like, who's Jesus? So maybe we're doing the right thing, but in the wrong way. Um, Carl Henry says the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Come on. Like, never a wrong time to be obedient. Never a wrong time to share with someone that Jesus loves you, that he died for you, that he is for you, but also that he's holy. Never a wrong time to be on mission. Here's the last one. This is Dwight Moody. Um, he says this, lighthouses don't have to fire cannons to draw people to their light. They simply shine. A lighthouse doesn't have to tell people it's a lighthouse. They know. They see it. It is there for a single purpose, to keep you safe. It doesn't have to draw attention to itself in any other way. Yet we think that if we throw cooler services or put a fog machine, and I'm all about the lights, I'm all about the stage, I'm a fan of all of it, I, I love it, but like this isn't the point. Like you're not telling people to come to church because we have decent lighting. You're telling people to come to church, and they're coming to church because your small group is awesome. Because you guys are honest with each other. Because we have Olivia freaking leading worship. Like, that's why you guys are, I said freaking, sorry. Because I always get so excited when her name's on the list. I'm like, yes, let's get it. But, like, this is why you bring people to church. Not so they can listen to Caitlin and I all the time. Or not so, but it's, it's because of the community. It's never a wrong time to tell people you've got a friend in me. And here's why. We're being evangelized too. So what makes something worth sharing what is the best way to communicate that thing? And do I know the subject well enough? Um, I love our, our intro and our tension. So here's our verse, and I'm actually going to read a few verses around it. First uh, Peter 3.13 says this. Now, who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? How many of you guys uh, answered the question tonight? You actually like, got the sharp answer to the question? So uh, I, I like this question, actually. I, I had voted for a different one, but I like this question. It says, if you could have um, an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? What, are, what did some of you say? Uh, somebody said queso, obviously, right? Queso, what's your love and kindness? Come on, the Beatles, yes. Who, who else said any good things? Any good things, Brother George? Time. So you can golf You can golf all day. Mine was passion. I want passion. I want an unlimited supply of energy and, like, zeal. Like, I just want to be able to go for it. Now, who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. That's, that's kind of strange. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. So here's what I know about church, especially high church. We're really good at telling you why you should love Jesus. We're really bad at showing you why you should love Jesus. We're so rigid. We're so harsh. Verse 16 having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Last verse. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. So what makes your faith worth sharing? What makes church worth sharing with people? Why invite people to church? If, if they're not seeing a tangible difference in your life, why would they want to come do what you do? Or if the things you listen to 
aren't sharpening your mind to be a little bit better than you were yesterday, why would they listen to the things you listen to? Or if the things that you do, like, I don't know, whatever your workout is, whatever your school habits are, your reading habits, if those things aren't making you better day by day by day, then why would anybody want to do what you're doing? Because you're the same. You haven't changed. Nothing is tangible about this encounter. Um, then do you know your Bible well enough to share it? I always, you know, kind of like uh, the, the phrase here, like the number one issue with evangelism is Christians who don't share the gospel. I would even say it's Christians who don't know the gospel. Like, you know that God is love, but actually, I have a slide for this, actually. Uh, the Bible says that God is love two times. Two times, that's all. It says that God is holy over 400 times. My evangelism to you about Jesus is not just that he loves you, more so it's that he is holy. It's that he's worthy. He's worth it. Like, that, that's the story. It's not just that Jesus loved me. It's that Jesus is holy. Therefore, I am doing this because he's worthy. He's worthy of my evangelism, my efforts, my praise. Um, and then, you know, what does holy have to do with being a witness? But there is a tension here. I love this. This is the tension. Um, now, this here, this hurts our most compelling selling point about the faith. This right here. No, go back to the God is love. This right here is exactly what de where deconstruction of your faith starts. Well, God is love, and that's the most important and most defining characteristic about him. And that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. So we're trying to evangelize the people about the church, and we don't know enough about what the Bible says about the church. We're trying to evangelize the people about Jesus, but we don't actually know what the Bible says about Jesus. Because, yes, God is love, but more than that, God is holy, therefore God loves. Are, are, we, are we understanding this at all? Like, God is love. Yes, he loves you. He's for you. But more than that, God is for himself. More than that, God is for his movement and his mission. And as we are evangelizing to the world, he is evangelizing to us. He is continuing to carry us and to mold us and to move us and to say, keep going. I'm with you. Keep going. Heaven's praying for you. Keep going. The church is roaring over you. But this right here, this God is love is the biggest issue that we have in our selling point of evangelism. Because although God is love, that's not the point. The point is that God is holy. We don't evangelize solely because God is love, but mostly because God is holy. If your motivation to get people to church is that Jesus loves them, that is a great and factual motivation to get them to church. But if that's all you know about him, they will come here and leave dry because they didn't know anything else. There was no holiness about him. It was just love. There was no holiness about him. It was just goodness. There was no holiness about him. It was just this picture that we have painted of Jesus, and it's not accurate. But there is a truth. We can go to the next one. Um, holy is good because holy means different. So all in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have this consecration. You're being consecrated. You're being set apart. You're literally being made different from the rest. God is making you different, calling you to be different. Now, I listen to rap music all the time. My favorite artist right now is Saba. He's been my favorite artist for like two years now. Bucket List is a bump. Love that song. And it is hard for me, it is hard for me to convince people I love Jesus when I'm listening to Bucket List in my truck. They're like, oh, you love Jesus and you listen to this music? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm also mature, so I can handle it. But you're, some of them aren't. And, and, and so it's conflicting, right? So even I'm having this issue where, like, holy means different. So I constantly have to check myself. Is what I'm saying different than what someone else who doesn't love Jesus would say? 
Is what I'm doing different than, some, than something that someone who doesn't love Jesus would do? Is what I'm feeling something different than someone who doesn't love Jesus would feel? Because if I'm aligned with them, then I'm not aligned with Jesus. Holy means different. Your life, not only your words, is to be a compelling alternative to the way the world lives. Asking ourselves, I think this is another slide, asking ourselves this question, are you living a compelling alternative? Because um, I think this might be a slide too, and maybe I'm ahead of myself. But like your life is evangelizing before your words are forming. Who cares what you say if you don't back it up by what you do? Who cares what you, uh, I read something the other day. It says age is just an excuse for us to say we're not very good at the things that we weren't very good at when we were young. Like, you can think about that for a minute. That's actually really deep. But if, if all you're doing is saying and not doing, who cares? If all you're doing is inviting, you invite somebody to church, you invite somebody to your house, invite somebody to lunch, and you don't show up. Like, there is this compelling alternative that we need to be living. We need to be different because God is different. Now, the message version says this. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you live and always with the utmost courtesy. So it doesn't say be ready to give a defense for everything that you speak. It says be ready to give a defense for the way that you live. People are watching you before they're listening to you. People are seeing you before they're hearing you. Now, the basic question really could be this. Why do you do what you do? Why do you read the Bible? Why do you invite people to church? Why do you invite people to your house? Why do you pray? Why do you come to worship? Why do you lead worship? Why do you do any of the things that you do? And if the compelling movement, like kind of the compelling thing moving you in that direction is because God is holy, well, we're, we're doing all right. But if the compelling reason behind you doing that is, well, like my friends go here. Well, what you win them with is what you win them to. And what happens if your friends stop coming? What happens if we get all these different levels in and you're here for the wrong reasons? Oh, I really like this guy or I really like this girl. And that guy or that girl leaves. And they're cute, so I'm going to go where they go. Or whatever. Like, I was here for this person, or I was here for these people. Like, that's what I'm saying. You can't come for Caitlin and I and the personality or the, or the whatever. Like, you have to come because, A, God is holy, and, B, you found community here. You're evangelizing people to people, not people to a place. You're evangelizing people to come and have a life transformation, not come and be the same in a different area. Like, you, you don't need, like, a change of scenery. You need a change of heart. You generally we, I, I don't need just a change of scenery. I need a change of heart. Here's our last bit, and then we'll go to group. Your habits are evangelizing uh, before your words are forming, and gentleness and respect are the way forward in this. So we um, can say things uh, that are right in a wrong manner. So the other night, um, my wife um, showed me all these picture frames, and she had bought a lot of picture frames. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of picture frames. I didn't even know we had this many pictures in the house. And my first question was this. How many picture frames did you buy? Not a strong start, Josh. I know this. Not a strong start. Not a way to go. Went left, should have went right. How many picture frames did you buy? My wife was not even done. Apparently, there were more. <laughs> she was not even done putting them all out before she started wrapping them up and putting them back. She said, I'm just going to take them back. I thought that I had asked her. How many picture frames did you buy? What my wife heard me ask is, why did you buy any picture frames at all? We're different, built different. 
I thought that I was asking you, Jordan, how many picture frames did you buy? She thought I was asking her, Jordan, why would you ever buy a picture frame? Why would you buy any of these? Why would you bring these into my house? I don't even hang pictures in our house. We do. But what I was saying wasn't wrong. How I was saying it was way wrong. I wasn't aware. She very quickly <laughs> called me out on this. Well, why? Why? What does it matter? I'm just going to put them back. I'm going to take them back to Hobby Lobby or whatever. That place is a danger to, cult, to relationships. Hobby, whatever it is, get rid of it. Get, Hobby Lobby for never. Anyways, but gentleness and respect. Man, Hobby Lobby is going to come after us. <laughs> Hobby Lobby for never. Hashtag it. Gentleness and respect are the way forward. Humility is the way forward. Honor is the way forward in evangelism. I am more interested in you than I think you should be interested in anything about me because honor and humility and gentleness and respect are the way forward. Revival comes from this. Habits come from this. Gentleness and respect. I'm going to respect you even though I don't agree with you. I'm going to engage with you even though I think you're wrong, but I might be wrong. I'm going to encounter you because Christ has encountered me and he's made me different. He's made me a little bit different, hopefully a little bit better than I was yesterday. Now, again, our landing. Haters are going to hate. I actually wrote this. I've never actually said that before. But haters going to hate, G-O-N-N-A, that's what I wrote. Haters going to hate, but, he but heaven is celebrating your lived witness. Heaven is roaring over your obedience to Jesus. Heaven is roaring over your joy in who Christ is calling you to be. If we knew that there was a crowd, that there was a crew, that there was a people, that there was a group that was just championing us on, like, yes, Josh, keep doing the best you can. Yes, such and such, keep, keep going. If we knew, if we could hear how loud heaven was for, you, for us, for me, man, all my insecurities would fade. Can we go back to the first slide? Um, 2 Timothy 2, 25 says this. Um, correcting his opponent with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. You will never, ever win someone to Jesus with your knowledge. You will, however, win someone to Jesus with his compassion, with his gentleness, with his mercy. What makes something worth sharing? Big Papa is a great song. I love it. I, it's, it was my ringtone for a while, but I didn't know how to edit it, like edit the actual lyrics. Um, ooh, right, I love that song. But it's, it's not worth my testimony. It's not worth someone hopping into the car with me that doesn't know me very well. All they know is I work at the church, and, I'm a, and they hear, I like the way, right? No, it's not worth it. What is the best way to communicate it? Um, gently, respectfully, honorably, humbly. Do I know the subject well enough to bring authority to the conversation? The biggest issue to the church today is we've complicated, I think, we've complicated so many things. I have two things for us that I want us to do in evangelism. Uh, you, we can leave this up. First thing in your evangelism, be bold. Bold, 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 bold. What are they going to do to you? Put you in detention? That's not even a thing in Oklahoma. Like, whatever. 
You can be a Christian all day long. No one cares. Like, they're not going to say anything negative to you uh, for the most part from a public school level. You can believe what you believe, say what you say, feel what you feel all day. Be bold. Here's my little action item. Uh, We will do whatever it takes to reach whoever we can. We will reach those far from Jesus by any means necessary. Be bold. It's okay to be who you are. Why should you hide what you believe? No one else is. Why should you hide the things that you're doing? No one else is. We live in a culture where, like, skin is the thing. You show, you show skin on Instagram, you get a whole bunch of attention. You show depth, nobody wants it. No, no, all of a sudden, people are afraid of heights. Like, absolutely not. Like, attention, not worth it. Not worth it. Here's our second thing. Be simple. We believe that less is more, and we can accomplish more by doing less. Evangelism literally means this. This, this is the... If you look up evangelism on Google, it's going to say this. The spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. Are you bringing your friends to church so that Caitlin and I can witness to them and give them the gospel? Because the truth is, if you're bringing them to church, they should have got the gospel from you living your life in the car. From you living your life at school. From you having conversations at school. Do I know the subject well enough to bring authority to the conversation? Why would I want to be a Christian if being a Christian looks like everything else? You mean that I can still live this way with this person or this individual and do this thing, and there's no heart transformation in the life of Christ? Doesn't sound appealing at all. Why evangelize to me then? Just go be you. Look, you can do all of these things we believe. This is why we let the youth have it. We believe you can do all these things well. We believe that you can articulate your faith. Some of you guys in the confirmation small group tonight, we believe that you're going to be able to articulate your faith. We believe that you can be moved forward by honor and humility and grace and respect. And we believe that you can bring authority to the conversation because you know it. You know who Jesus is. You know what he's doing. You know what he's done. Do not let um, opportunities be missed because you're scared, because you're nervous, because of whatever. Because we'll come down here, uh, my my first two weeks on staff, we did the believe thing, and uh, Abby and Emma Zamana, God bless them, they decided they wanted to do karaoke at 3.30 in the morning. Just singing Frozen like people weren't trying to be normal for hours. And Caitlin was like, yeah. And I'm like, what? Not ashamed that they were keeping me awake. Not worried that they were what they were just doing their own thing, living their best life in a basement that was just frozen and like whatever. And like, we can do this. I believe that we can do this. You bring authority to the conversation because you know who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he's doing. Let me pray for you.